Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 18 years from tonight, Grant Gill will become a comedy legend when he totally kills it at his improv class's graduation performance. Knees will be slapped. Hilarity will ensue. That's why he's already keeping himself in shape and razor sharp today with wellness tips and tools from AARP to help make sure his health lives as long as he does. Because the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash healthy living. Hi, and welcome back to Get Fit Guy. Kevin Don here, as usual. Whenever I go to the gym, it can feel like a bit of a mission. Now, I have to look at what I'm going to be training that day and make sure that I pack the right things. For example, on squat day, I want to have looser fitting shorts so that I can make sure I can get a larger range of motion on the squat, for example. Or if I'm swimming, of course, I have to remember to take my budgie smugglers. But aside from thinking about the clothing I'm taking, there's another consideration, the footwear. In fact, I often have to take two or more pairs of shoes that day, depending on what I'm doing. Why? Well, stay tuned to find out. So the first thing is to say that aesthetics aside, when you go into a sports shoe store, there must be a good reason for all the different varieties of shoes. In fact, the name of the shoes is often a dead giveaway. Tennis shoes, for example, are intended for tennis. Basketball shoes for basketball. But could you wear basketball boots to lift weights at the gym or tennis shoes to go for a run? So the first thing to think about it's what you're training and what impact your shoe choices may have on your chosen activity. So when it comes to lifting weights, like squatting or deadlifting, for example, we're looking at the creation of force, specifically ground reaction force, which is self-explanatory, really. It's a force that you're creating when there's a reaction between you and the ground. So let's take another example of force transmission. Let's say I say, hey, you're going to be punched. It's only going to happen once. You have one, one option is you're going to get punched as hard as you can and that person is going to be wearing a 12-ounce boxing glove. Or option two, they're going to punch you as hard as they can with only their fist. And which one would you prefer and why? So most people of sound mind will choose the boxing glove. The reason is that there's a soft object between you and the punch. And the boxing glove also covers a larger surface area, so the force is spread across a larger area. So we can expand this logic to squats using a basic logic, which is called modus ponens. And that goes, if P, then Q, P, therefore Q. So if I was to lay out this in modus ponens for you, it would be, Soft objects reduce force. A running shoe is a soft object. Running shoes will reduce force. Make sense? So if we were to wear a running shoe, 
with a big spongy sole that has been specifically designed to reduce force from pounding that asphalt, then you wear that for lifting, the shoes are going to reduce the force between your feet and a lifting platform in the squat. They're also unstable in all directions because of this spongy cushioned quality. No bueno. Now, if you're going to be lifting weights, guess what? This might blow your mind. You want to wear weightlifting shoes. Now, there are a few key components of these shoes that will help your lifting. Firstly, they have a hard sole. Early weightlifting shoes actually had wooden heels. In fact, I myself had a pair of these until someone stole them from a gym in Scottsdale, Arizona. Apparently, those old Adidas wooden-heeled shoes are selling for up to a thousand bucks on eBay, even used ones. So, modern lifting shoes tend to have hard plastic heel cups. This hard sole does not allow force to leak out to the sides like cushioned shoes do, and they transmit the force from your feet all the way into the ground. Next benefit is that they have an elevated heel. This is massively helpful in the squat, as many lifters have poor dorsiflexion, which is the ability to pull your toes up towards your shins. This means that the bottom of the squat, you kind of tip onto your toes and your heels lift off the floor. This is an unstable position, and the elevated heel helps you with dorsiflexion, which helps you stay more upright and keeps the barbell over center of your foot. And even when that is a little suspect, the elevated heel still keeps your heels in contact with the ground. Finally, they tend to have one, sometimes two, Velcro straps going across the forefoot, which holds your foot very firmly in place, preventing any rolling at all of the foot. You definitely don't want your foot to be rolling around while you're doing a maximal load squat. Now, if you're serious about lifting, serious about getting stronger, you should absolutely be investing in a weightlifting shoe. That being said, if you want to do other things at the gym, you won't be able to do those in a weightlifting shoe, like running or any kind of circuit training. So they don't really flex midfoot and are constructed entirely with the purpose of keeping your foot still. So running, jumping rope, or anything where your foot has to move will be difficult. Now, the advent of CrossFit saw the need for a shoe that was in the middle ground, stiff enough to be stable during weightlifting, but flexible and light enough to do jumping movements or short runs. There are now many brands making these kind of hybrid training shoes, uh, so you'll be spoiled for choice. I would say that even low-rise baseball shoes are perfect for all-round hybrid stuff. The sole is pretty firm, makes it a good force transmitter, and they're flexible enough to do general functional stuff. But they do lack cushioning for longer runs, and they lack heel elevation for any heavy lifting. So you might want to have specialized shoes for each training outcome. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 18 years from tonight, Grant Gill will become a comedy legend when he totally kills it at his improv class's graduation performance. Knees will be slapped. Hilarity will ensue. That's why he's already keeping himself in shape and razor sharp today with wellness tips and tools from AARP. 
to help make sure his health lives as long as he does. Because the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash healthy living. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I'm going to do some more in-depth episodes soon, focusing on, you know, you might look for different qualities and different types of shoes and what that might be. Uh, Because every week I get emails saying, I haven't gone into enough depth in a topic. And as I've explained many times, this is quick and dirty tips. It's not long, highly specialized tips. It's only a 10 to 12 minute podcast and it is intended for general populations. But I'm always looking to serve you guys better. So I'll do some more deep dive type episodes to give you more information than you could possibly ever implement and that isn't even relevant. Now, on to a listener email. Hi, Kevin. I'm a lifetime fan of the show since 2010, I would guess. And I enjoy your take on things. Why, thank you. A question I have is, you mentioned in the cold weather show about preparing your muscle groups before activating the muscles. You said something about not doing squats to prepare your biceps. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a bit more about this activation process and how to go about it? For example, do you do a half set, a lighter weight set? Is it essentially a warm up in that muscle group? I'm a 68-year-old gym rat, and I want to keep going, looking for new ways. Thanks again for your work regards, David. David, dude, you didn't tell me where you're from. That's like the number one rule of sending me an email. But I'm still going to reply to this, um, and I'll just make up my own idea where you're from. Uh, Hi, David. Thank you for the email. Yes, I did indeed say something along those lines. We always want to do a general warm-up and then a specific warm-up. So squats may well be part of a general warm-up, but not part of a specific warm-up. So let's say I was going to the gym to squat. Here's what I might do myself. So firstly, I'd do a general warm-up to get moving and do some blood flow. I probably wouldn't stretch. I don't believe in stretching before training um, because I think it's a poor uh, preparatory exercise for a maximal contraction. Um, But I do like my general warm-up to go through all of the motor patterns. So I might do something like three rounds of 500-meter row or bike or, you know, incline walk on a treadmill or ski, anything like that, Uh, just at a very easy pace. And then I might do 10 alternating body weight only forward lunges, 10 each side single arm dumbbell press, 10 ring row usually at a tempo, so something like 3-0-X-2, 10 alternating Cossack squats, 10 banded good mornings, 10 hollow rocks. That there is going to elevate my heart rate, and it takes me through every single motor pattern, which is a lunge, a squat, a push, a pull, a hinge, and then a core movement. And after that, I'll look at what I'm doing for the day. 
So let's say it's my squat day. I know heavy squats are going to involve core stabilization and going to involve quad activation and glute activation. So therefore, I might run through three rounds of 10 each side banded bird dogs for my core activation, 10 goblet squats, again at a tempo, 3-3-X-3, which again is going to help me with engaging my core, but it's going to start to warm up my quads. And then I'm going to do 10 cable pull-throughs, again with the tempo, something like 4-0-X-4 for the glutes. And then I'll start to run through squatting itself. I always start with a couple of sets of 10, barbell only, and then I might go up to 30, 40% of whatever my working weight is going to be that day, 50%, 60%, 70%, 80% then my working set. And of course, the, the lighter weights are going to have the most reps. So with the bar only, I'm going to do sets of 10. With, you know, 30, 40%, I might do sevens or eights. And I'm coming 50%, I might do fives. And then it's going to, you know, decreasing reps as I increase load towards my working weight for the day. So there's actually three distinct warm-up phases. We'll have a general warm-up first, which I'm looking to get my heart rate elevated, and I'm looking to um, get through all of the motor patterns. And then I move into a movement-specific warm-up to the exercise of the day, and then into lighter sets of the movement that I will be doing. So I hope that helps. If you have any questions or just want to say hi, email me at getfitguyatquickanddirtytips.com and, well, you too can be featured on the show. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and send me virtual rainbows and butterflies. Get Fit Guy is a quick and dirty tips podcast. Thanks to the team at Quick and Dirty Tips, Morgan Christensen, Holly Hutchings, Davina Tomlin, Cameron Lacey, and our new director of podcasts, Brennan Gottgetches. Sorry, I just butchered that. I'm your host, Kevin Don. If you have a question for me, leave me a voicemail at 510-353-3104 or send me an email at getfitguy at quickanddirtytips.com for more information about the show. Visit quickanddirtytips.com. Check out the show notes in the podcast app. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mow and Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now he's rolling in the green. Like a... Like a good neighbor? Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh... Sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today.